How will the world meet growing energy demand while reducing emissions? What technology, human capital, policy, and education is needed to make the energy transition a reality? What are the myths and hard truths about all forms of energy, our environment, and our new economy? The Voices of Energy sets out to explore these questions with the people at the heart of making these changes a reality. We'll go from conversation to application by focusing on actionable strategies that will drive the world and our industry to a new era. I'm Katie Maynard, founder and CEO of Ally Energy, and this is the Voices of Energy. Ebony Wiley is the CEO of Martine Holland Group, a consulting firm that guides clients to achieve their career and unique business goals. She's also the creator of the Pretty Little Leader podcast, a bold communication on the tactics and strategies she's used to navigate her rise to corporate executive in her career in the power generation industry. Ebony is an unapologetic leader. She built her career in one of the most recognized companies in the world for known for embracing diversity, General Electric. She started her career at GE as a process engineer, eventually leading a large global organization in engineering. She's traveled the globe negotiating the sale of power plants in countries like Indonesia, Nigeria, Argentina, and Greece and as a proposal director aimed to provide a technical solution to bridge the power gap most third world countries experience. We are so excited to have you here today on the Voices of Energy. Ebony, welcome. Excellent, Katie. I'm so excited to be here with you as well and love the work you and your team are doing. Thank you. So Ebony, wow. So let's talk about your past because it obviously is what brought you to where you are today. Ebony, you worked for GE. It's a dream for many to work for such a large company and in such an exciting business. What was that like, flying the globe, working with big organizations to help with our energy supply? It was amazing. I tell a lot of people all the time that the last role that I had at GE was a dream for me because I was doing what I loved, right? I'm negotiating, I'm leading an engineering team, and I'm going to places where you can really see the need for power and energy, right? And putting a solution on the table that changes people's lives. And that was so fulfilling for us. And Katie, I'll tell you, we were doing a project in Indonesia about five or six years ago, and the country actually did a commercial that showed how our energy actually brought electricity to villages where people can now have refrigerators and use stoves and kids could actually do homework. And it was just one of those things that makes your heart jump that to be a part of that. Absolutely. Our industry powers everything and it's a fascinating place to work. But it's also a company and an industry you chose to leave. And that makes me sad. You know, I always ask women that I come across and people who've left the energy sector, whether it's power utilities, oil and gas, renewables. What made you want to leave, Ebony, and why did you make that big leap? Yeah. Toughest decision of my life, Katie. I remember, I call it the breaking point. When I decided that I was no longer going to be a GE employee, it was one of those things that, you know, I had to ask myself, you know, are you serious? After 18 years, you know, I had interned there since I was in college. 
my professional network was clearly there. But it made what made me decide is I was working for a leader or a person, I shouldn't say a leader, who questioned my every decision. And so at that point in my career, you know, I knew the industry, I knew the talent within the organization, I knew the customers, our suppliers, all of them. I could pick up the phone and at any given point and get the answers and tell you exactly who the right person is to do the job. And the fact that I worked for someone who didn't believe in me, who questioned me and didn't support me, it made my job actually harder than it needed to be. And the biggest thing I would say, Katie, is he wasn't honest with me. You know, we were going through a reorganization like large corporations do. And, you know, I called him one day and said, hey, I'm a big girl. You know, I'll help you design the organization. I'll tell you who's the right people to be there, even if my name is not at the top of the pyramid, because I know where the business needs to be and who are the right people to be there. And he wouldn't be honest with me. And so it it got to the place where I was going to do a job that I loved working for a person who didn't believe that I was capable, even though I was putting points on the board. We were closing deals. You know, most of my team, Katie, I promoted either up within the organization or out and they went and got a rock star job. So it wasn't capability, right? And it just wasn't worth my time. So I decided it was time and I made some strategic moves to ensure it was the right thing for me. And I walked away and I told him verbally, I am too talented to keep having this conversation. I won't knock my head on the wall because I know what I'm doing. You called me to do this job. So clearly there's not a capability problem. Yeah. You know, it's interesting listening to you talk about your story. I think a lot of strong women like yourself, myself, others, type A leaders who've worked really hard, who have a lot of capacity, have come across this in the workplace where they work for someone who they just, they felt like, you know, soured the deal. You could be 18 years, as you said, you know, in a company and come across a really, 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 really bad situation. But, you know, you turn it into something great. And so now that you're on the other side, I remember when I left corporate, I was nervous. Um, What were some of the things that you had to step through? You know, we have a lot of people out there right now that are being forced out of organizations. Some are being given the opportunity to elect to leave and some are being, you know, let go. What are some of the things that went through your decision-making process when you you actually were conscious about Believe? And what were some of the things you worried about and some of the things you did to prepare yourself for this big leap? Sure. So the first thing I did, Katie, is I called my husband and said, hey, if I go do this thing, are you on board? And at the time, my husband was a GE guy. So we could talk, you know, apples to apples, and we can talk about the pros and cons. So that was my first call as my husband. And then the next call was a friend that I had gained while at GE. And this person used to be in the same organization and used to be at the executive level. And she's a woman as well. And I asked her her opinion. And I said, hey, am I losing it? Am I going overboard? What do you think? And she walked me through that. And then the next call I made was to my sponsor. I call him my forever sponsor. I've known him since the day I started at GE on program. And I walked it through with him. And I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And he said, hey, here are your options, right? And once I heard from my husband, my number one player, my friend who had been through a similar situation, and my sponsor who knew me since I was fresh out of college, after those three conversations, what I started to do then is think about what would be next for me. And that part of it was a challenge, Katie, because I had been in corporate so long and I thought, what would I go do? After I decided, 
Then I started talking to the people on my team that had worked with me and had been with me for five and six years. The people that I had been on planes for 20 hours with in the trenches that I just loved. Even to this day, I still talk to them. And I'll tell you what touched me is that when I told a few of them it was time for me to go, they teared up. I'm talking men, women, all age ranges, all ethical backgrounds, right? And um, a few of them told me, it's time. You've taken care of us. You have led us. You have been the person we wanted to emulate for so long. And I respect that you're going to go do this for yourself because you deserve better. And once they told me that, then I felt like, okay, I can go do this. Whatever I decide to go do, I can do it. And I'm not leaving anything on the table. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so now you're on the other side. And what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about the experience now that you're an entrepreneur and you're helping companies, you know, and individuals with their career goals and ambitions? First of all, I love it. So I didn't think I would be at this place, to be honest with you. I thought I was going to go get a corporate job and go do the thing that I had been trained to do for so long, but I love it. So right after I left, I was, you know, kind of in a lull, right? Trying to figure out what am I going to do? And an OGE person called me and said, hey, I've been running around the country training leaders, training people to be the kind of leader I saw you be for so many years. Can, would you come work with me? And it was like a spark, Katie. It like, wow, wait a minute. And after that call, I started like moving in so many opportunities and purpose. Um, and so now I'm doing some keynote speaking, as well as the coaching that you mentioned. And it's amazing to be able to use the experience and use my voice to really empower people to understand that they're capable and they can do things and that there is a way for women of every background, of every, you know, upbringing to achieve because we're smart and we're capable. So what would you say to that person who is thinking about making a leap out of a corporation, maybe they're in a similar situation, maybe a different situation, but there's this fire in their belly, you know, there's this idea. What are some of the steps that they have to think about as they make this choice? Because it's a big financial choice. It's definitely a different lifestyle choice. As you said, you, you know, you made your three phone calls to the most important people, but what are some things they have to think through before making that leap? Absolutely. So the first thing I would do is write down what you feel like your purpose is. Like, why are you here? Right? Because before you make this leap, you have to even know what you're leaping to. So what is it that you're going to go do? What are you passionate about? What is that fire? And the second thing I would do is write your budget, right? Just be realistic, right? I'm an engineer, you know, like we are, like know your numbers, right? And then the third thing I would say is hire a business consultant. Someone who is, once you decide that the fire in your belly is so fierce that you just got to go feed it and you understand how much money you need to make to be comfortable, you go hire somebody who understands the process and that will help you see that vision come to light. Because vision and execution are two different things. Absolutely. So, you know, we're in an energy transition, as you know, and the oil and gas industry, on um, the power sector, virtually every corner of energy is being disrupted. But there's been this big age of startups, age of small business development. What do you think the future of energy looks like? You know, I know that you've been out on your own for a little over the, over a year, 
you know, but with this pandemic, with the change in administration, with the U.S. reentering the Paris Accord, with climate change and environment and energy really being front and center outside of the, you know, vaccines and the other side of the COVID situation, what does the future of energy look like and what role can small businesses and entrepreneurs like yourself, myself and others do to be a part of this? Yeah. So I think the future of energy is actually like wide open right now. I mean, if I think about some of the possibilities with renewable energy and just being cleaner and how we approach this space, I think small businesses, entrepreneurs like you and I have the ability to really partner with large corporations and vision cast with them. Because if you remember during your time and maybe my time as well, being in a large corporation, you just do the thing that you've always done. You offer the products you've always offered because it's like a big machine and it's hard to turn, right? Where I think that if they bring in small companies, entrepreneurs who have the industry knowledge, but now have the art of the possible because they've been entrepreneurs, they add so much value when it talks about how you even approach the market, right? And maybe you don't go redesign, you know, if GE Power is not going to go redesign their whole gas turbine product offering, but how they go to market, you and I and other entrepreneurs can really help them in that approach because they're coming at it with a big clunky, we're GE's approach, we're coming at it with a, hey, had you thought about going and talking to, you know, school systems because they're having to power, you know, just that art of possible. Right. I really think that there's a lot of potential there. And I think that if the large corporations can get over the, we own it, we have the best ideas, we have the best and brightest people and really go, hey, these little guys are doing so much and we want to at least learn a little bit from them on their approach. I think it can really blow up our industry. Awesome. So we were talking before this segment a little bit when we were getting to know each other, you know, bringing voices to the forefront, much needed voices, uh, just like you were just saying about entrepreneurs and you obviously finding your voice, how important are voices in this energy transition? How important are women, women of color, the various intersections in our society? You know, 2020 has been a crazy year. So what role do diverse voices hold in this new era of energy? Absolutely. I parallel energy space of what's going on with our country. The fact that Kamala Harris is now the elect VP in the next administration, you can tell the impact of diverse voices. If you look at what just recently Joe Biden has named, you know, people who are the first to be in an office, the first African-American, the first Latina, all woman, you know, communications team. That happens because there are diverse opinions, dissenting opinions to the norm that are in the room and that feel empowered and feel like they belong and to say something. And so if we bring it back to our industry being energy, representation matters, Katie, right? I remember sitting in the boardroom with people who no one looked like me. You know, I, the only lady there sometimes, hello, the only person, you know, under 50, hello, the only person, you know, that was a black person that was this. And I'll tell you this, that if we sit around and act like, oh, it's okay, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a woman, it doesn't matter if there's a person from this ethnic group or, or blah, 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 that is bullcrap, right? Because 
we can only speak from our own experience, right? When started to make this political, but you know, when Jill Biden gets into the White House, she's going to advocate for teachers. Why? Because she's been in the trenches. She's been in the classroom and had limited resource. So when people have a perspective and they are able to speak and they feel empowered and they feel like their voices will be listened to and acted upon, that changes things. And the people who are afraid of these diverse opinions are the people who know for a fact that business as usual has been unfair and it's unacceptable. And instead of now creating narratives that, oh, Ebony's a troublemaker, oh, all Black people don't feel that way, or all women are crybabies, they can no longer use that as an excuse. And now they have to be big boys and stand up to the fact that they have made wrong decisions and they have sidelined people who deserve an opportunity. Wow, Ebony. You know, thank you so much for coming today. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch and talk just a brief few minutes about your podcast that you've launched? Sure. So if they would like to get in contact with me, I am at email at prettylittleleader.com. And my podcast is Pretty Little Leader. And I interview rock star women from every walk of life, from every level. And we talk about, you know, how to level the playing field, to be very honest, you know, the challenges that you have in your career and how that affects your personal life and how you not have it all, but how you manage and you prioritize and you, you know, just show up the way you want to show up and get what you want out of your life and out of your career. So that is the Pretty Little Leader podcast, and it's found on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever they you get your podcasts. Awesome. Hey, listen, thank you for coming today. We're so glad to have you. I want to congratulate you on making the leap. It's a hard decision to make. Uh, some don't get the opportunity to plan their exit. So we appreciate your insights on what making the leap looked like for you. And congratulations on your new business. And I look forward to having you come back again on the Voices of Energy. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me. It was exciting to be here with you today. And I hope we can continue to do great things.